listening to This Ghost Talks Podcast with your host, Chris Given. and welcome back to another episode of This Ghost Talks. I'm your host, Chris Given, and today I'm talking about a subject that I've been putting off because it's so polarizing, and that's my take on the whole COVID situation and our health. So where does our health come from, and where do our illnesses originate from? Well, in my opinion, they come from inside us. Everything comes from inside us. You know, one of my favorite sayings is, you are not a drop in the ocean. You're the entire ocean in a drop. So it all exists inside you. It all comes from inside you. This isn't something that's disempowering or something that makes you a victim. Quite the opposite. It puts you in the driver's seat of your health and well-being. It takes full responsibility for your health or illnesses, but then it allows you to take control because you realize that you're also in control. You can change the situation and make yourself well again. You can't separate the physical side of wellness or illness from the spiritual side of things. It's like Nikola Tesla said, everything is frequency. So if you're existing in a low frequency, then you're putting yourself out of balance. So to be completely well on all levels, You need to be existing in a higher frequency on a soul level. And on a physical level, you need to give your body what it needs. Sleep, proper nutrition, eating well, so on and so forth. I want to read to you an article that calls into question germ theory and presents a new way of looking at viruses as something that the body creates as a defense mechanism to illnesses. It's called The Misconception Called Virus. Here we go. The virus misconception is at the heart of Operation Coronavirus, because without the concept of germ theory, and without the horror story of the killer virus, most people would not buy the New World Order-directed official narrative of COVID-19 propaganda. Now, in a previous article on the nature of the virus, I have discussed the heroic efforts of German virologist Dr. Stefan Lanka who won a landmark case in 2017, which went all the way to the German Supreme Court. Lenka proved in the highest court of the land that measles was not caused by a virus, and that there was, in fact, no such thing as a measles virus. Lenka is still busy working, and he wrote this article earlier this year, entitled The Misconception Called Virus, in which he explains the history of how mainstream science went horribly wrong with its conclusions, really assumptions, to demonize the humble virus and to falsely ascribe pathogency to it when there is none. The virus misconception, the killer virus story versus deficiency and toxicity. Lenka's main point throughout the article is this. When modern scientists are working with diseased tissue, they think the presence of a virus is causing the disease instead of realizing that the tissue in question has been cut off and isolated from its host when doused with antibiotics, and that this separation and poison 
make it diseased and kill it, rather than any virus. Lanka writes, All claims about viruses as pathogens are wrong and are based on easily recognizable, understandable, and verifiable misinterpretations. All scientists who think they are working with viruses in laboratories are actually working with typical particles of specific dying tissues or cells which were prepared in a specific way. They believe that the tissues and cells are dying because they were infected by a virus. In reality, the infected cells and tissues were dying because they were starved and poisoned as a consequence of the experiments in the lab. The death of the tissue and cells takes place in the exact same manner when no infected genetic material is added at all. The virologists have apparently not noticed this fact. According to scientific logic, the rules of scientific conduct, control experiments should have been carried out in order to confirm the newly discovered method of so-called virus propagation. Scientists would have had to perform additional experiments called negative control experiments in which they would add sterile substances to the cell culture. These control experiments have never been carried out by the official science to this day. During the measles virus trial, Lenka commissioned an independent laboratory to perform this control experiment and the result was that the tissue and cells died due to the laboratory conditions in the exact same way as when they come into contact with alleged infected material. In other words, the studied cells and tissues die with or without the presence of a virus in exactly the same way. Therefore, the virus cannot be the cause of the morbidity and the mortality. Interesting though, this is exactly what many health experts have stated, namely that there are only two causes of disease, deficiency and toxicity. For instance, Charlotte Gerson, who took over running the Gerson Clinic from her brilliant father, Max, said this about disease and cancer. Removing cells or tissue from the body and thus cutting them off from their energy slash nutrient supply will quickly lead to deficiency. Now, injecting antibiotics into the mixture is toxicity. Thus, there is no solid proof a virus is causing disease when there's already deficiency and toxicity present. This is the key point of the virus misconception. Using measles as an example, Dr. Stefan Lanka goes on to say, Contrary to what people believe, there are no pathogenic viruses. The claims about the existence of viruses and viral diseases are based on historic misinterpretations and not, as I thought in the past, a fraud or deliberate deception. We now have new, better, in the positive meaning scientific discoveries, and explanations for the origin, therapy, and prevention, not just of viral diseases. The phenomenon of simultaneous or subsequent appearance of symptoms in different persons, which has been until now interpreted as contagion and was believed to be caused by the transmission of pathogens, is now also easy to understand through new discoveries. Thus, we now have a new view of life, which in reality is an old view, and of the cosmological integration of biological processes. The new, rather rediscovered, perspective could only originate outside of the official science. One of the reasons for this is that people involved in scientific institutions do not fulfill their first and most important scientific duty, to permanently doubt and double-check every theory. Otherwise, they would have already discovered 
that the misinterpretation had been taking place for a long time already and had become a dogma only by extremely unscientific activities in the years 1858, 1953, and 1954. The transition to a new explanation of health, disease, and healing will only succeed because all the concerned therapists and scientists can save face with it. From history and the new perspective on biology and life, we now also have explanations for the emotions and the ignorance of all kinds of human behavior. This is the second optimistic message. Coming out of a dead end and forgiving the errors of the past can take place even more effectively the more one understands what happened and learns for the future. I know that for all people directly involved, such as doctors and virologists, healthcare professionals, and above all, for the people affected by the system who suffer under misdiagnosis or who have even lost relatives on account of it, it may be difficult to intellectually accept the explanation of reality that I will offer in this article. In order that the germ theory doesn't develop into a dangerous momentum, as was the case with AIDS, BSE, SARS, MERS, Corona, and the various other animal flu cases, or even lead to a public order breakdown, I am politely asking all the people who are discovering just now the facts about the non-existence of the alleged viruses to discuss the topic in an objective and unemotional manner. Returning to Koch postulates, no isolation, no purification. As I covered in COVID-19 umbrella term to operate a fake pandemic, not one disease, not one cause, today's mainstream scientists are skipping all the important second step of Koch postulates, the isolation and purification of the virus. This isn't something you can just gloss over and forget to do, like accidentally forgetting your umbrella on a rainy day and getting a bit wet. This is absolutely quintessential part of determining if there is a new virus and if it's causing disease. It's the sin quo non. If you can't isolate it, you have failed to prove anything because the budding offshoot you think is an invading virus could easily be an exome or particle being produced by the body itself. This is why all the COVID propaganda has conveniently glossed over the fact that there are no electron microscopes images of SARS-CoV-2 since the electron microscope is an extremely important tool in the first step of Koch postulates, the identification. Lenka continues, A virus has never been isolated according to the meaning of the word isolation, and it has never been photographed and biochemically characterized as a whole, unique structure. The electron micrographs of the alleged viruses show in reality quite normal cellular particles from dying tissues and cells. And most photos show only a computer model, a CGI computer-generated image. So what does all this have to do with COVID? So to bring it back to the current pandemic, all of the same assumptions and lack of evidence are in play when it comes to COVID. Individual molecules are extracted from the particles of dead tissues and cells. They are interpreted to be parts of a virus and are theoretically put together into a virus model. The consensus finding process for the measles virus, in which the participants debated in order to determine what belonged to the virus and what didn't, lasted for decades, with the apparently new coronavirus 2019, meanwhile renamed, this consensus finding process lasted only a few mouse clicks. 
With only a few mouse clicks as well, a program can create any virus by putting together molecules of short parts of nucleic acids from dead tissue and cells with a determined biochemical composition, thus arranging them as desired into a longer genotype, which is then declared to be a complete genome of a new virus. In this process of theoretical construction of the viral DNA, those sequences that don't fit are smoothed out and missing ones are added. Thus, a DNA sequence is invented, which didn't exist in reality, and which was never discovered and scientifically demonstrated as a whole. So basically, mainstream Chinese scientists who work under the same theory as mainstream Western scientists invented a new theoretical model for SARS-CoV-2, then proclaimed a novel coronavirus, but all without the electron micrographs to actually back it up. The entire process is extremely interesting. Parallels with the theme of space fakery. Whether it's propagated by NASA or space agency or other nations, we don't have verifiable images of viruses. We don't have verifiable whole, non-composite images of the Earth or many other space bodies such as moons, planets, etc. Instead, we're fed CGIs and told not to question authority. This is science, or is this faith-based scientism? To what extent are we being manipulated when we're denied real and true photographs of the world around us, both on the micro and macro level? I would argue to a massive extent. Lanka talks on the dangers of vaccines. Now, our lack of understanding about viruses, diseases, and the immune system terrain theory, and much more is exploited by Big Pharma to push dangerous medical interventions such as vaccines. Here's what Lanka had to say about the dangers and ineffectiveness of vaccines. A concoction consisting of dying tissue and cells from monkeys, bovine fetuses, and toxic antibiotics is being used as a live vaccine because it is supposed to consist of so-called attenuated viruses. This toxic mixture full of foreign proteins, foreign nucleic acids, DNA and RDNA, uh, cytotoxic antibiotics, microbes, and spores of all types is being labeled a live vaccine. It is implanted in children through vaccination mainly into the muscles, in a quantity which, if it were injected into the veins, would immediately lead to certain death. The verifiable facts demonstrate the danger and negligence of these scientists and politicians who claim that vaccines are safe, have little to no side effects, and would protect from a disease. None of these claims is true and scientific. On the contrary, upon precise scientific analysis, one finds that vaccines are useless in the respective literature admits to the lack of any evidence in their favor. Final thoughts on this article, and then I will uh, interject with my thoughts. The virus misconception has been with us a long time. As insane as the current fear-based, mask-wearing, social distancing submission is, there are those people who are using Operation Coronavirus as a chance to wake up, while some go deeper into unconsciousness and look to new protective products. Upgrade your mask for our patent-pending powered air filtration protective shield N95s. Others have seen the coronavirus coup for what it truly is, a chance to roll out all kinds of control architectures while people sleepwalk in fear. It is always a good idea to question the base assumptions of any governmental pronouncement, because 
almost always, it can open up a portal that leads to truth. Ah, the truth. Some people might call me a conspiracy theorist. And I would say to that, thank you, because that term no longer means what you think it means. Because what we've been talking about for so long are no longer theories. If life is a game, then you are the programmer. You are the artist. You are the gamer. You are the NPCs. You're the storyline. You're the intro and you're the outro. You are your health and you are your illnesses. You control it all. Here's one thing you can do right now to feel better. It's a simple choice. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Simple choice between fear and love. We are immortal spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. You are free, as always, to choose the experience that you want, but I, for one, would choose not to experience the world where I see all of my fellow human beings as potential threats to my health or anybody else's health. I can't stop you from creating that world for yourself and believing that for yourself, but I hope at least you stop and question everything. Everything.